0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Power Hour of Love. As you guys probably noticed, Charble is not with us today. He's out enjoying his wonderful happy birthday vacation, man. So wherever you are out there, we wish you the best. But I got to fill in. We got the amazing and talented Kelly Jade. How are you doing tonight, Kelly Jade?
1: I'm doing pretty well, El Bandito.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be your co host for this evening. Uh, I, of course, I'm El Bandito. And it's great to have you guys all joining us tonight. If you could take a minute to like and share the video, because that's a lot of what Senior Bull does and he's not here. I don't know how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you guys don't mind sharing and spreading the love around, that'd be fantastic. But tonight we have got a super awesome, super fun topic for you guys because we are continuing the countdown to Infinity War. That's right. We saw the news. You guys heard the news. The Avengers Infinity War date got pushed up to April 27th. How do you feel about that, Kelly Jade? Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I know you've been crazy stoked to see the film. You've been going on and on about it. I know you had never seen a Marvel movie when I first met you, and I kind of you know, hooked you, I think, a little bit. What do you think?
1: Yeah, yeah. That's definitely accurate to how this whole thing came about, so I blame you for all the hours I've lost Uh <laughs> watching movies and and reading theories and uh, and just generally and immersing myself in the fandom (laughs) I
0: I have to say since you're a bit more kind of tech savvy than I am I've noticed that you've really delved into all the Instagram and Twitter and uh, what's that a Tumblr and stuff and you find all these fan theories and things that like just blow my mind I'm like I I had no idea that was out there
1: yeah yeah I mean uh, obviously fan theories are are popular for you know whatever movie or or, you know comic or TV show that you're into they're they're out there everywhere but yeah if you look on um, you know Twitter social media Pinterest uh, people will Put forward their their own theories about you know the motivations behind the character's actions, um, what they think is going to happen, their interpretations of what has happened. It's pretty uh, pretty fun to read and pretty interesting to see what <laughs> theories uh, people come up with.
0: It's it's definitely been really cool the stuff you've sent me. I've been pretty pretty impressed by how deep people are delving into it. Um, considering they're not going off of comic knowledge a lot of the times. You know, a lot of times it's just people who've only seen the MCU and only seen the movies. But that's what makes the MCU so exciting, is that it's kind of branched off into its own thing now. And it takes a lot of the footholds that the comics had on these characters and really uses them to propel everything that's going on on screen to like the next level, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I like how they draw from the comics, but they're not it's not a a formula that they're following exactly. It's, It's they're kind of taking creative liberties and sort of doing their own thing so that the characters have their own sort of MCU identity that may not be exactly what's in the comics, but still something enjoyable
0: right yeah so everybody's got something to check out in the mcu man it's super great and while we've been doing this countdown i know you've seen a couple of them we started off doing kind of a small segment with captain america then we just blew it up with the big one for iron man last month we figured we'd keep doing that and we'd have time to dedicate one month to an avenger one of the original six from the 2012 avengers movie and now that they've kind of taken away may from us we were hoping to squeeze in kind of a first of may sort of thing um we thought hey man we better just dive right in i know that you're a big fan of tonight's avenger do you want to tell them who we're talking about
1: we are talking about the god of thunder thor
0: (laughs) absolutely guys we're talking about the mighty thor man we're going to tell you a little bit about his history we're going to tell you some cool insights about the character we're going to talk about where he's at in the mcu where he's going in the mcu because his character's just been fantastic i mean just Not to get into it too much, because we're we're still going to dive into a lot of stuff, but I mean, how do you feel about Thor as a character in the MCU?
1: I really like the journey that Thor has been on, because the first Thor movie came out, I guess, eight years ago now, Um, and Thor was very much the sort of the jock type of character who wanted to be king and wanted to go to war and battle for glory and all that kind of stuff and now toward the uh where he is now as we're going into infinity war he has matured a lot he has um he's turned down the throne as we saw in the second thor movie um he he realizes that ruling is not just running into battle and and you know having glorious tales to tell but it's actually sacrifice and and loss and and hard decisions and things like that so he's really developed and and has ended up in a completely new place than where he started and i i think that that kind of character development is great
0: absolutely and it's funny because oftentimes we'd be like oh that's the human side of the character that's the character's humanity and he's an alien but everything he does and thinks and experiences still ends up being so relatable because it is kind of an everyman sort of problem. Mm -hmm. So I I agree with you. I think his progression has just been beautiful throughout the stories. I want to take a minute to address uh, James Anthony, man. Thanks for joining us tonight. I see he put a comment down here where he says he's got a theory that the X-Men universe will be incorporated by the MCU and they'll do a bunch of flashback sequences featuring that the X-Men were always there but Professor X is wiping people's minds to kind of keep them in secret. And I have to say I think that's a really cool theory because that's exactly the story that Brian Michael Bendis told about the character of the Century. So I don't know if you're familiar with the character of the Century, but he's kind of like um, like a joke rip-off of Superman that they came up with and he's like all powerful powered by the thing of a thousand suns, but they wanted to like shoehorn him into all of Marvel history and that's what they did. They made it that a supervillain had brainwashed everyone to forget this guy even existed. Wow, it's pretty and, powerful. Yeah, he just turned up on the raft, you know, the raft where they kept yeah, the uh, yeah. The guys at the end of the Civil super War, super
1: secret prison underwater that everyone's seemingly okay with.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's totally fine. You know, <laughs> I'm sure that's not American soil. No big whoop.
1: <laughs> it's in international water, so it's okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, again, like we said, uh, thank you, James, for that. That's an awesome comment. But uh, we're counting down tonight uh, to Infinity War, and Infinity War is kind of going to be the wrap up of Phase One. They keep telling us, you know, it's, it's going to be the end of kind of the Phase One stories. I'm really sad to see a lot of the characters go. Uh, hopefully they'll stick around. Maybe a couple of guys will stick around. I'm They're not all sure.
1: Going to stay. Everyone <laughs> is going to be fine.
0: I know you're super worried about people getting killed or something <laughs> in the movie. I, I don't know. Hopefully nothing that extreme happens, um, but we'll see. But tonight we're also going to be be doing something a little special for the Power Hour, just for us. All you beautiful people out there, we want to rate and find out who is the Power Hour's most loved Avenger. So, what we've been doing is in each of the countdown episodes, we've been asking the viewers to leave a comment um, either here on YouTube, you know, on our Facebook page, wherever you want to do it. We should put a poll up for this too, so people could do that. We might end up doing that. But just leave a comment with the word love and something to do with Thor or Captain America or Iron Man, and we count all those votes. T- and we tally them up with our ratings and totals of the characters. That'll be fine too if you want to send us a video like that. But uh, so, yeah, anytime you guys feel like we say something that you're like, oh man, I do love Thor, or oh, that's a good point, or oh, I didn't know that, and you want to put you love Thor, man, throw it down in the comments. We'd love to see it.
1: I see someone says Bucky, which, yes, a thousand times, yes. Bucky.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, no Bucky tonight. No Bucky tonight. But again, we're going to delve right into it. We're going to jump first segment up, we're going to be looking at the history of Thor. Um, then we, we may or may not do some news right after that. Maybe I, I, We'll see how long it takes because we might do we've got a, a, like kind of a fun little second segment that's dedicated to Mjolnir and then we'll do some news and we've got some great news. We, I know we've got it in the banner that a police car got stolen and showed up in a most unexpected place. So I know that's a fun story. And uh, we'll get to that in the news a little bit later. But then we're going to wrap it up with our rating and kind of talking about Thor in the MCU and where we think he might be going uh, in Infinity War. But without any further ado, let's jump right into it. We got kind of a cool little bumper for you guys. And I'm so stoked to play it for everybody. So I hope you guys dig it. All right. So hopefully you guys thought that was as cool as I did because I thought it was pretty cute. But uh, I want to thank Film Learning for doing a tutorial on how to put together some of those elements, man. Those guys are really great. Um, so I just wanted to give them a shout out. Uh, but otherwise, let's jump right into the history of Thor. What do you think about that?
1: that sounds good.
0: All right. Are you very familiar with the history of Thor?
1: Um, I am not super familiar with the history of Thor. I know that there are there's a Norse mythology, and then there's the comic books, and then there's the MCU. So there's different... Uh, incarnations of Thor, each with kind of different histories and and, uh, their own sort of thing going on. So so there's a lot of information there to unpack.
0: Yeah, definitely. We're going to focus on just a small section of it. We're not going to keep you guys too long with any kind of boring lecture. But I almost forgot, we're giving away a prize tonight, aren't we?
1: Yes, we are, yes.
0: Tell them what someone's winning out there.
1: Someone is winning the Blu-ray copy of Thor Ragnarok, which comes out on Blu-ray Disc tomorrow, March 6th
0: absolutely guys so what we did was we wanted all of our subscribers on youtube to be entered into this so if you're a subscriber on youtube as of nine o'clock earlier that's kind of what made us a little late today we were kind of putting together this this little bit of a raffle here and uh, we wanted to do it real nice so i found a cool little uh little, little kind of website here for us to use and let's see if we can unpack it here and see what we got bam All right. So here's our list of entries right there. Everyone's name is on it. You guys can see if you were a subscriber, you're entered on the list. We clicked a little button here and we get a winner, guys. It's going to draw one person and they're going to win a copy of Thor Ragnarok on Blu-ray. We're going to mail it right to you from Amazon. So it's pretty cool. Trek Life 53, that's Justin K. Oh, okay. out there, man. You join the show. Yeah, congratulations, man. You join the show all the time, every week. So uh, it's cool that we can give back to you, man. That's pretty awesome. So look here, we'll give you some celebration there. Man. <laughs> Why didn't we do that for Charbold, too? It's his birthday, right? So there you go. There's some, some birthday balloons for you, uh, Senior Boyle. Wherever you're at out there, I hope you're having fun, man. I think he joined in the comments, actually. Is he hanging out in the comments down there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah i see him he's like thor looking good guys what's up all right anyways trek life 53 justin k congratulations buddy we'll get in touch with you about an address we can ship that to you for a little bit later after the show but let's get into the history of thor what do you think about that sounds good all right we're all story begins way back in 1962 that's august of 1962 i think that may have been a minute or two before you were born huh just a little bit Just a little bit okay Let's take a look at what we got. We've got Journey into Mystery, History, History, number 83. Now, this was a book that was out for 10 years, and they were publishing comics under the title Journey into Mystery, and it's an anthology book, you know, so every issue was different, different, different. And then, you know, a couple of wacky guys, you might know them. Stan Lee and his brother Larry Lieber, They decided to go ahead and go with Thor, right? And they came up with the idea, and, uh, you know, they came up with the idea of doing a godlike hero who was larger than life and super impressive and super awesome and could have just crazy powers. And, you know, when you hear Stanley talk about it, he oftentimes says that they had done the Hulk, you know, they they had done a spider-man you know they, they'd done these amazing characters who were larger than life and super strong and they're like where do we go from here and stanley's like well we the guy's gonna have to practically be a god to be any better than anybody we've made before <laughs> wait a, <laughs> you <know>? a minute <laughs> <laughs>
2: got something?
0: So, yeah so he said he he searched around and you know hey roman gods greek gods kind of been done to death um but he liked thor and he liked the idea of thor and the fact that he had a hammer he said he thought was uh was going to really look great on the page you know So they came up with the idea. Of course, they turned to the legendary Jack King Kirby man. This guy is just amazing. Always working. You never find a photo of this dude where he's not working. (laughs) (laughs) He's a champ. But he actually drew the entire issues for uh, Thor. You know, he did Journey into Mystery number 83. He did the whole thing. It's actually one of the best examples if you just want to compare the work of Jack Kirby and his style and what he really brought to the table. Because we can see here He really did a lot with what they call motion lines. You know, and you can see in the image how he's twirling around the hammer and it shows where it was. And, you know, when he's flying through the air, he gets those transition lines, you know. So he was really bringing this into kind of American comics because this has kind of been around in Japanese stuff. But also, too, one thing that he really did, and if you look at these scenes, you can tell. He puts you in the action, you know, like that hammer's coming at you. You know, it's not it's not flying off to an enemy somewhere that's off panel or something, you know, it's flying at you at the reader. So it was it was always very engaging. And then the very next panel is like Thor's perspective, you know, of the hammer throwing. So he's putting you in Thor's place, you know, so really cool stuff that uh, that Kirby was bringing to the table. It's why the guy was called the king, man. He's a legend. Um, is but- he
1: still around doing comics.
0: Uh, Jack Kirby, uh, he passed away a while ago. He would have been well over 100 by now. So he was very old at the time, yeah. But a lot of people think that Thor was kind of their answer to Superman Mm. in the fact that oftentimes you'll hear like, you know, the Injustice video game is a good example. Injustice is uh, subtitled Gods Among Us, you know, that Mm -hmm. they talk about Wonder Woman and Superman as though they were gods among us. So Marvel really brought... A God Among Us idea to the forefront in in Thor, mm-hmm. not only because he's literally a god, you <laughs> know, unlike <laughs> the others, but he had an alter ego, and his alter ego was a human guy that he would spend most of his time as being a human. Oh, right. So originally he was Doctor Donald Blake.
1: Mm, that name sounds familiar.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now the idea behind Donald Blake was. And it, it was a little hard to tell whether or not this was retconned later or what, but Thor was cast out for being too arrogant and made mortal and forgot everything about being Thor and was just Dr. Donald Blake until he found his staff, which was secretly Monier in disguise, and then when he found it, you know, because he's kind of drawn to it, they're reconnected. And then, boom, he becomes Thor. And he's like, holy crap. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm super awesome. And Interesting. Hijinks ensue.
1: <laughs> imagine that guy's life where just one day you're just walking, walking along, minding your own business. And then suddenly you remember you're, you're a god. Like, <laughs> man, why can't that happen to me? All I do is remember that I forgot to change the laundry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you did mention... Uh, that the name sounds familiar, and I thought it was great in the in the films that they did take a moment. I'm sure every woman out there was super paying attention during this scene, but if you notice his little name tag there, it actually says Donald Blake, M.D. You know, and she refers to it being an ex boyfriend or something of hers, and uh, and it was just a great nod to put in the film for for Donald Blake, and it was great that something had been in place just from the get go. And that that's something I love about each one of these countdowns that we do, we're realizing that so much of the Marvel mythos was like day 1 in the book. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's just great. It goes to show you that like if something's worked for 50, 60 years, don't try to rewrite it, you know? And I think that's a problem you see with a lot of adaptations of both books and other comics that people want to write their own story or reinterpret the character and it's like if people liked it there's a reason just stick with it (laughs) right (laughs) now i know you're a big book fan so you probably can attest to the fact that sometimes just just interpret it the way it should be right
1: right exactly yeah yeah
0: Well, m- lots of people might have missed that on closer inspection later in the film when they give him a fake ID, they actually give him the name Donald Blake, right? I'm sure a lot of people caught that, but I didn't even notice this till I found this image online. But down here, you can see where it's the, the hologram on his ID says Excelsior. Which is how Stanley used to sign off on comic letters in the oh, back of books cool. when he would respond to fans. He'd be like, blah, 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 whatever. You know, thanks, true believer Excelsior. <laughs> 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 so that was, that was a cool little sneak.
1: That's awesome. Wow. Very cool.
0: It just goes to show it's the attention. to notice that. Yeah, and, and it goes to show the attention to detail that the creators are putting into the films. Mm-hmm. So very cool stuff there. But you can't talk about things being there from the beginning without talking about Mjolnir, without talking about Meow Meow, without talking about the hammer. What do you think of Thor's hammer?
1: I think Thor's hammer is great. I think that uh, Thor has a very special bond with his hammer. Uh, They've been (laughs) through a lot together. Um, Mjolnir's always there for him when he needs him. Um, And yeah, yeah.
0: I think my favorite thing is that when he wants it, it comes to him. Yes. Which, like so many men know, that's like never the case when you need a tool. <laughs> it's like you cannot find it anywhere. I shouldn't say men. I'm sure women know that too. But I wouldn't. But my first thought was that men know that about their girl. It's like, come here. Come here. Come here. Ah.
1: Are you comparing men's uh, girls to tools?
0: I kind that, of was. And I started to, to recant. And then I was like, oh, go for it. And now I realized why I should have recant. So let's keep going. <laughs> but anyways, we see the oath, which I wanted to point out. This is... Journey into Mystery number 83. This is a panel directly from it, and it's showing the oath on the side of Mjolnir. And it's funny because it's not written in the films on the side of it. It's just shown as like a... I I think I actually have a photo of it here. Yes, it's shown as sort of a um, treyarch. And... It was like a weird sound. I was like, "What is that?" It's you rubbing your foot, your feet together over there. (laughs) It's okay. I was like, "Oh my god, something's on fire!" But the uh, yeah, it has a tray arc. But what Odin says is exactly the speech from the original comic. It's always been Mm -hmm. the same, you know. So I think that's really great to go back to the original comic and find, bam, the verbatim you know inscription on, on the edge of the hammer so very cool stuff there and i don't think anything else shares as much screen time with chris hemsworth as it's
1: his it's kind of his constant companion where you don't see him without it i mean there's a you know a scene in i think it's the dark world where um they're they're trying to escape somewhere uh to go like rescue jane or whatever and um he like, his priorities are Jane and then Mjolnir and then everything else. Like, it's <laughs> to make sure he's got it. Make sure that, you know, it's, easy, it's there for
0: him. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, no, that's, that's my stuff, man. I need it. I need it, bro. <laughs> but so much of the mythos was set up right from the get-go and very early on, right? So if we continue from there, we can find that issue number 84 of Journey Into Mystery features the first appearance of Jane Foster. So here she is here, originally a nurse who Donald Blake hires to help him with his medical stuff and his practice and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, really interesting, again, to see how they're just plucking these original characters, even though in all the years that I read comics through the 90s and 2000s and, and 80s. I never heard of Jane Foster mm. you know like she just wasn't a prominent character because he had just gone on so many different directions and it stopped being Donald Blake sometime in the you know like mid 70s early 80s mm-hmm. so That's but interesting. yeah going back and doing the research and seeing again how they're just matching it up to the original stuff is really great and again she's not a love interest you know she's just oh his nurse or whatever so you know unlike pepper potts who was like day one tony stark's love interest so it's pretty cool it's an interesting dynamic it's an interesting way to you know update the character mm-hmm. um and really you know empower women in the new character you know i'm of course talking about natalie portman and her portrayal of jane foster both in thor and in thor the dark world where she really kind of it's kinda of kick ass in the alien yeah, world. Yeah, and I know? uh
1: it's really what's interesting about her is that um, she um she's not like a physical warrior, you know, mm-hmm. or anything like that. Um so she, she doesn't really take part in the fighting, but when it comes down to her um scientific knowledge, uh she uses that to figure out a solution to save the day. And so it's interesting to see her um her I guess her scientific brains uh mm-hmm. contrasting with Thor's brawn and and kind of how they bring that dynamic together to uh to save the day. So I think that that's a really cool kind of contrasting uh thing yeah, it's that right.
0: Right? yeah, it's a good partnership. Right? It's a good partnership. But it's the same dynamic that um he practically has with Loki. Right. Being that his brother is is not anywhere near as fiercely powerful mm. as he is, but very very skilled in in both science and Uh, you know magic
1: magic is just science we don't understand
0: (laughs) exactly well put but uh jane we're we're you know we haven't seen her in a long time you know she wasn't in ragnarok she wasn't in the avengers wasn't in age of ultron or anything like that i know some people are kind of like okay that's don't need her you know we got a valkyrie now forget it you know but I do think there's a lot of people out there, especially comic readers, who'd really like to see Natalie Portman come back and continue to portray Jane Foster, especially if Thor doesn't make it through Infinity War for one simple reason, and that's Don't because that. Jane Foster currently is Thor in comics. Oh, wields Mjolnir and kicks some serious ass. <laughs>
1: wow. <laughs> I would I would like to see that on screen, but not at the cost of Thor.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, but maybe he can just take on a sort of Odin role. I mean, he's got the eye patch now. So That's true, yeah. Maybe he can just chill back at the castle <laughs> and let her go kick some butt. But yeah, apparently there's some great mythos behind how Jane is able to wield the hammer and everything like that. Uh, but we'll let you guys read it because it's out now, man. Go check it out. All right, moving on from there. We were just talking about a man. The very next issue, uh, 80, uh, 85 has the first appearance of Loki.
1: Loki, god of mischief.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, I know he's kind of a fan favorite for a lot of people. They love Tom Hiddleston. He's fantastic. He's super good. Um, and he he comes off with that air of sort of mischief, but with so much humanity. Like, it's so well written that he has so much heart. Uh, uh,
1: I, I was reading um, just kind of, like, behind the the scenes uh, with, with Tom Hiddleston and, and things, and um, there's a moment in the first Thor movie when it's it's toward the end where he and Thor are facing off and at the, uh, on the Bifrost and everything and the original script had called for uh, Loki to be kind of taunting Thor and, and mm-hmm. laughing sort of being like the cackling uh, you know anti-hero villain yeah um, and Tom Hiddleston uh, was was like no let's this is an emotional thing this is uh, you know this is let's make it deeper than that and he's actually crying in the scene as he's taunting Thor and there's so much pain and 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 humanity and uh, conflict there that how can you not feel for him even as he's doing you know these these terrible things so i mean it's definitely a combination of the uh actor's portrayal and the material that there's just so much there to explore with this with the character
0: yeah absolutely and it's great for a director and and a creative team to be able to recognize when someone brings something good to the table and then go for it you know because i hate to bring it up but that's the you know when you watch the Wonder Woman movie, you remember there's a scene with the two bad guys and they're they just threw like some smoke grenade into the room and the two of them are just laughing like little children while they just killed like forty people. And it's supposed to like illustrate that they're just crazy bad guys, but you're like that just seems to like nineteen sixties Batman and Robin kinda No
1: no offense to the Wonder Woman fans. I do not remember that scene at all. Okay. Well,
0: <laughs> well yeah. I only it, saw it once though. So. But in, in contrasting the the two scenes, I think it, it, it just goes to show how much smarter and how much more complex they wanted to get with one piece versus the other, you know, and really show some com- complexity and depth, which I think is what's helped maintain Loki as a character through all the films and why we're so excited to see what side he plays for in Infinity War. Right. Because, exactly. he, yeah, he could very much bow to Thanos will and and be totally scared. But even if he did, I have a feeling he'd be trying to help his brother.
1: <laughs> I, I think so, because he, like Thor, Loki has developed too, because yeah. uh, he, he he goes from the kind of fallen prince to the uh, absolute villain who wants to take over the world to kind of the uh, anti-hero to Thor's hero, where he's more chaotic neutral in this, in this yeah. newest movie, as opposed to evil. Um, and I think that with this latest movie it really strengthens the bond between the brothers because they have to uh nothing brings uh two siblings together than ganging up on the third siblings. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I think that seeing uh having that much more uh uh that big that bigger threat in, in Hella yeah. kind of brings the two brothers together and uh and changes Loki and tells reminds him that yes, he wants to be with Thor, he wants to You know, help his brother. He doesn't want them to part ways. Yeah. I would hate to see that go away in Infinity War. <laughs> I'm very concerned about this.
0: Now, like I said, there's so much complexity built in there. I'm sure we'll continue to see that complexity flesh out between both of the films. Um, but as far as historically, yeah, Loki was kind of that cackling in the background jackass villain. So <laughs> you can see him here, uh huh. You know, <laughs> but he did always have the horns and the goofy green costume. So I mean, you want to talk about taking it from page to screen, man? You can't do much better than that.
1: That's true. I, I don't really get the horns. I think. They're kind of silly looking, but I do like the costume that he that he has in the movies. And I like that they kind of update it with each each movie Mm -hmm. and and make it so that it's I don't know, it fits his character well.
0: Well, you know, it's funny you mention that because I always thought reading comics and playing video games and stuff growing up that I was like, dude, his horns are so dumb, like they're (laughs) so impractical. Like, what are you ever going to do with something like that? You know, but
1: it's interesting that he he kind of uses them as a weapon.
0: Yeah. Well, when you see him in the film. I'm like, dude, that shit looks cool.
1: You know, <laughs> like
0: they they just somehow made it look very much like how uh, I would say, like a moose or a buck's horns would really something be. Something
1: intimidating.
0: Yeah, exactly. And something that looked like they were dangerous. Right. You know, in comics, in that kind of bright, goofy yellow, I never really conceived them as gold or any type of metal. I thought of them more like kind of jesters' horns or something like that. But when you see them there, you're like, dude, like that's just impressive and kind of weird and kind of dangerous and i I don't know what you're doing (laughs) but it it works (laughs) yeah i don't want any part of that is basically what i'm saying it's intimidating (laughs) so um this was the only picture I could find to him with his horns where it was like from a still from the movie wow. without like getting a still from the movie. And it kind of annoyed me. I don't know what he's doing with his hand here. I think he was like <laughs> casting a spell or something. But maybe, maybe. I didn't like yeah. this pose. He's, he's like, always
1: up. to. It's like he's he's getting ready to dab. Looks
0: like. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> what I was thinking. I couldn't think of the name of it. But yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. So I think we should do that for Loki. You want to do it? <laughs> I don't know we're, we're too old for that sorry guys
1: and we just need to move past that completely embarrassing moment
0: <laughs> so I'm sure someone will tag it in the comments on YouTube where it's like the exact time where you both just <laughs> so also in issue number 85 is the first appearance of Loki Uh, Not Loki, Odin. Of course, Loki, yes. But it's Loki with Odin as he returns home and he's like, oh, yes, father. He's like, you'll remain here. No more fooling around in Midgard and stuff like that. So I thought that was really cool. Um, I did want to mention one other thing real quick about Loki. I almost forgot. But there's actually a Golden Age comic that is owned by Marvel that features a character named Loki that they do consider kind of the predecessor to his appearance here. He is completely redrawn, his characters reimagined, and everything like that. But for some reason, the the Marvel Wiki, the Marvel Universe, does recognize Venus Number Six as the first appearance of Loki, which I, I thought was pretty weird. But that's interesting. Hey. For all you fans out there who want the real deal history, bro, but there you I, go. I
1: do know some things uh, that are not the MCU. I know that Loki goes through uh, several kind of incarnations because I know that he's uh, like he he dies and is reincarnated at one mm-hmm. point as a as a kid, like kid Loki. And uh, I think there's another one where he's like. Um, uh sort of like an avenger but for Asgard, like yes. sort of on the side of good. So Yeah,
0: so, the agent of Asgard. Yeah, the agent <laughs> of
1: Asgard. So uh so it seems like there's a lot of different roles that, that he can play and, and play well. So um I don't know, that's that's cool
0: it is it's, it's very interesting and again it gives hope to where they can go in the films mm-hmm. for Loki rather than just continuing to be a bad guy and fall in the same trap all the time right. so I mean they've already showed him grow so let's continue to keep doing that and keep rocking it um, so yeah Odin right there from the very beginning I mean obviously these are all Norse mythological characters it wasn't like brain surgery to come up with them but their interpretations in the Marvel Universe and how they're represented were all first illustrated in these very early books and they continue to resonate with the films today which I think is really cool and again this is journey into mystery number 85 if we jump ahead a little bit to uh, oh Sir Anthony Hopkins playing Odin yes perfect choice amazing actor one of my favorite scenes by the way since i saw this photo it reminded me you remember when he's first chastising thor in the first movie and he's telling him oh you're arrogant and you left everything open to war blah blah, blah. and loki tries to say something to help and he's you like, know bah! yeah he just yells he's like
1: <laughs> and the look on his face is like did you just <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: that totally unscripted like anthony hopkins just did that because he was like don't interrupt me dude <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that is so like what are, that's you know, great. yeah. That's a <laughs> phenomenal actor right there. Good and job. They,
1: they just keep going with it too.
0: Loki's like, yeah, That's such a dad thing though. Mm-hmm. You know, it's such yeah. a dad thing where you don't want to curse at your kid. Right. You
2: know, <laughs> <Just> like, <"Argh." laughs>
0: you just censor yourself and sound like an idiot. Will you get your just. Oh. <laughs> So, anyways, we jump ahead just a little bit to Journey into Mystery number one eighteen. We have the first appearance of the Destroyer. Do you remember the Destroyer? I
1: do remember the Destroyer. Okay, yes, cool. I think
0: I asked you about that a couple after, weeks ago, yeah. and you were like, "I have no idea." <laughs>
1: I've, I've I've brushed up since then. Okay, in preparation for tonight.
0: Oh, well, very good. I appreciate that. So, yeah, this is uh, you know only a year or so later they first introduced the Destroyer. A lot of you, uh, you know, beautiful people watching at home probably recognize him more like this and kind of his current incarnation. This is very much what he looks like in comics today i should have snagged a picture of it but it's so close to this i'm like yeah that so so again really laying that groundwork very early on of having all of these great characters and the destroyer being something that was reoccurring you know uh, like you said almost an agent of asgard and the way that they utilized him in the film and kind of brought him to life and and gave him such purpose and everything like that It was just great you know Mm -hmm. it was really great to see him portrayed and him brought to life and it kind of fit in with the whole story showed thor's strength without being the climax of the film Mm -hmm. which was was really great yeah
1: yeah definitely i think that that was done really well too and and it was that moment too that thor had to sacrifice himself and that he was willing to do that even after such a short time uh on on earth so
0: yeah Yeah, learn that humility and Mm -hmm. Yeah, and do it in the face of sort of an automaton, something that, that had no other goal r- r- than just to be there to kill Thor, which mm-hmm. which I- it made so much sense to be like, yes, that would be the thing I'd have to lay down for because there's no way to talk him out of it or anything. Right. So it's just great, great plot device, way to put something in there like that. I thought that was really excellently done. Um, I think we're going to skip back just a little bit, just, just a little bit because I noticed something when I was doing the history here. And in Journey into Mystery number 114, had the first appearance of this guy, the absorbing man. Do you see him there with his mm-hmm. ball and chain? Do you recognize this guy? Isn't he
1: an agent of Shield.
0: He absolutely is. What,
1: he d- was it Creel.
0: Yes, yeah. Crusher Creel. Yeah. <laughs> you know, here he is an Agents of Shield. Kind of, you know, we. Uh, he, I don't.
1: He is of 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 uh, ambiguous. Uh, Allegiance? Morals, yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, he just showed back up in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. last Friday, so a little bit of a spoiler there, but it wasn't a big deal. He's in there for two seconds. But uh, I just thought that was so cool, looking through here, that his first appearance and the origin of his powers and abilities is actually that Loki gave him the abilities to absorb things the way that he does Mm. in order to battle Thor. (laughs) And he actually grabs Monir and absorbs, like, what Monier is to be able to try to pick it up. And he never does. Thor just hammers him, you know, <laughs> <He> <laughs> literally. him, I see <laughs> what you did there. <laughs> but it, it was a really cool story. And uh, considering how relevant it was, I was like, bam, that's, that's, that's I, awesome. I throw that in there a little bit. That's pretty cute. <laughs> So anyways, uh, moving on from there, Thor continues his run in Journey into Mystery all the way up until issue number 125, the final issue of the book. Um, And it's kind of sad, kind of a bummer to see the title come to an end. Um, But, you know, you shouldn't shed any tears for Thor because they really just renamed it, and issue number 126 was just titled The Mighty Thor, and they ditched the anthology, The Journey into Mystery. Thor was literally featured in every single issue from 83 to 125, and they were like, let's just call it The Mighty Thor. (laughs) So there is no Mighty Thor number one for you guys to buy from the 60s. Uh, Your your first Mighty Thor is going to be number 126, which actually came out shortly after an annual that uh introduced hercules as the greek kind of you know hero and antithesis to thor and then he's featured again in 126 so pretty interesting stuff but i think that'll about wrap up kind of our history lesson what do you think you feel you feel thoroughly historified over there
1: (laughs) (laughs) i i i feel thoroughly historically prepped for the Discussion of, of Thor in the MCU, yes.
0: Awesome. Okay. <laughs> sounds good. Well, we'll go ahead and call that a finito for that one. You wanna do the news now or you wanna talk about the hammer?
1: Um, let's talk about the hammer. Let's
0: talk about, let's talk the, about hammer. the hammer. Sounds special hammer. Sounds good to me. I, I dig this because this is gonna be a fun, a fun little piece that we put together here. So yes, this is us power I love life. <laughs> so you wanna read it? I can't
1: really... Release- quite see it uh whoever holds the no you have to read it. all sorry. right I'll read I'm sorry
0: <laughs> it's too far away whosoever holds this hammer if he be worthy shall possess the power of Thor yes so totally awesome and <laughs> what what we were kind of talking about a, a week or so ago and kind of what prompted us to really do this episode tonight was the fact that how about Dando the Destroyer Chuck Chucky Box, Mr. Fusion down there you nut that just made me laugh but <laughs> <laughs> We were talking about all of the times that people have tried to pick up Thor's hammer, who's worthy, who's not worthy, and I knew that there were some, some people out in the mythos of comic land that maybe Kelly Jade had not been so familiar with, and I thought it'd be fun if I kind of dug some of these cats out and we explored all the different people who tried to see if they were worthy, or actually were worthy, to wield Monir. All right. And worthy of the power of Thor. So, right off the bat, can you name one person that can actually wield Monier? Jane Foster. Okay. All right. I'll I'll narrow it down (laughs) in the MCU
1: Uh, Captain America
0: oh he didn't pick it up
1: it wobbled though i think he faked that he couldn't pick it up because he didn't want to embarrass <laughs> thor but
0: he's like i it's, don't want to make him look bad it's, bro.
1: It's not whoever is sort of worthy it'll wobble a little bit it's it's either or
0: so. <laughs> okay well i'll tell you most people absolutely completely overlook the first entry on my list here oh the vision <laughs> odin
1: oh odin <laughs> i'll just take my leave now
0: (laughs) no it's funny because it's (laughs) obvious right you're like that's obvious you know so um but yeah so odin obviously can wield Monier even after he puts the inscription on it he's still holding it Mm -hmm. you know and then he chucks it out into midgard uh for it to just land in the middle of the desert a million miles away from where thor was so i don't know what heimdall was doing there
1: i (laughs) think i want to protest uh that that odin is worthy of the the power of Thor, because he may be a great king, but he's not such a great parent. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I think he's all right. What, what are you saying? Because he screwed up uh, Loki, man. Step kids are hard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> First of all, I have a lot to say about this, <laughs> but um, but no, he uh, he he's very tough on them. He's very um, uh, he raises them both to to think that they're going to be kings, and then mm-hmm. he kind of cast thor out and cast loki out and yeah. they've all they've got issues which is they're, in large part thanks to Odin's A plus parenting
0: they're called learning moments Learning, you're moments. supposed to have those with your kids you know throwing
1: them in the dungeon <laughs> is a
0: learning moment <laughs> hey he tried to kill a planet <laughs> <laughs> you're like i don't really like that planet much it's just the one i live on eh. <laughs> 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 all right so anyways uh moving on from there like i said If we're going to look at the MCU, I think everyone's kind of fan favorite. Was watching the Hulk try to pick it up. <laughs> I mean, this was such a good moment. What do you think of this moment in the Avengers?
1: I think it's it's awesome because it it it, sh- it really proves that it's not strength that like mm-hmm. it's not physical strength. It's it's really emotional strength, if you will. So sure, yeah,
0: yeah. The the, the worthiness, you know, because right. w- you know when they show his feet just crushing into the ground because he's <laughs> pulling on it so hard, <laughs> and you realize like dude if that was anything natural like the Hulk would mad be picking that up right now. Right
1: exactly (laughs) kind of a reminder it's just something that is otherworldly and Mm -hmm. not for us mere mortals to
0: to have. Not to neglect the fact that moments earlier when Thor just puts his hand out and it rips through like 10 walls in the helicarrier just to get to him (laughs) you're like this is an impressive piece of work right here you know. (laughs) But yeah so the Hulk couldn't pick it up man Uh, and he couldn't do it and then probably the second the second biggest MCU moment where you wanted to see what would happen I was right there, man. Yeah, yeah. See? It,
1: it wobbled. It wobbled.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> it's what you said. It wobbled a little bit, and I think nothing proves that more than you know uh, see, Thor's face right? when he's, he's like,
1: like <laughs> "Mjolnir, what are you doing? No."
0: <laughs> I know he's like, "You're supposed to be my tool, <laughs> my 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 tool." You know, <laughs> so.
1: I think that if anyone who is mortal would be worthy, it would be Captain America, because he's Captain America. Yeah,
0: I would think so too. I think a lot of fans out there were really surprised by this moment, if only because in comics he absolutely does wield Mjolnir. Oh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is him during his time. That's very reminiscent to what's going on uh, right now, uh, where series of events he's kind of given up the mantle of captain america he's kind of underground he just goes by the captain that's why his outfit and stuff looks a little different there um but he's attacked by all these goons and thor's hammer gets thrown on the ground and he goes to pick it up and everyone mobs on top of him and he just stands up and blows it up like that wow. and even thor is like wow dude like i always <laughs> thought you were a little iffy but you're really a good dude bro you're worthy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I was surprised that he couldn't actually pick it up in the movie. Um like you said, it's kind of a setup for what happens with the vision later. So hopefully everyone's caught up on uh, Ultron. That's a few years I, old now. I man. saw this
1: great fan theory that uh, of a missed opportunity in that movie where um, the they said the after credit scene or, or something should have been <laughs> Stanley in a cameo, like as a janitor or something. Just kind of he's he's in there alone and he's minding his own business and he just casually lifts up the hammer to wipe under it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have liked to see them in the <laughs> elevator with it to see yeah. if it would go up and down. The
1: elevator's not worthy.
0: <laughs> but the um, you you told me a great fan theory that you read online about why Captain America couldn't actually pick it up in that scene. Why don't you tell everyone yes. that? Because that um, was really great.
1: The fan theory that I read was that uh, it's uh, the context matters of when you're trying to lift it and that because it would have been an ego boost for for Captain America to have been able to lift it because they're they're showing off for each other. Yeah. They're joking around and things like that. But if it had been a situation where he needed to save someone's life, he probably would have been able to to pick it up. So yeah, so, much like this moment. Right, exactly. So it's 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 worthiness and it's for the right reasons, too. Yeah, Mjolnir in the knows. moment. nose knows. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Molnir knows. We'll get shirts with that. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was such a great theory. When you told me that, that was something I'd never thought of, but uh, it's very true. You know that, yeah, he's doing that just to show off, kind mm-hmm. of, you know, and I'm sure he's, he doesn't really care one way or the other, but, right, but it's, 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 it's in a showy, boastful yeah. moment so uh, you would be immediately dubbed unworthy because you're just trying to look like cool. (laughs) yeah.
1: He knows your intentions are not pure.
0: (laughs) So I like that. But do you think that there are, um, outside of the MCU, now that we've seen here that in comics, comic characters can wield Monier, do you think there's any comic characters that you'd be like, oh, this so-and-so would totally... I don't. I don't know. I know. I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Batman probably. I mean, I know he's another yeah. franchise. But
0: <laughs> well, Batman's yeah, kind of a working. jerk. He's branding people and shoots guys with he, guns now. He, so
1: he stands up for justice for the for the little guy. <laughs>
0: so you foregoed <laughs> Superman and went straight to <laughs> Batman, like the truth, Superman's justice, and American way guy. <laughs> so. He's not interesting. He's not played by a good-looking enough actor. Henry Cavill
1: is very good looking. Ah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but his upper lip looks all weird all the time. You remember that? They had to
1: like (laughs) Photoshop
2: his
0: (laughs) mustache. (laughs) I know, I'm just clowning. I'm just clowning. Well, let's take a look at some other comic book people who tried to lift Monier and see how they did. Here we have, is, is this Loki? Here we have Loki. <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> he is not worthy. <laughs> now,
0: this this actually stems from what you were saying earlier, the Agents of Asgard, Okay. right? Where in this moment, uh, Wanda Maximoff, you know, the Scarlet Witch, has actually cast an inversion spell to change people's alignment. So if you're an evil person, you turn good. And if you're a good person, you turn evil. So the idea being that Loki was bad enough that when they flipped the script... It made him so good that he could actually wield <laughs> Mjolnir, you know. And as soon as the spell wears off, there's supposed to be a great moment where he's like, "Wakong." <laughs> but I thought you'd get a kick out of Loki throwing down. The yeah, hammer.
1: yeah. I mean, he's that. I'll, I, I'm curious though about what the the end goal would be to make the the good guys bad, though. That 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 might be a topic for another time. But that's an interesting kind of.
0: Yeah, you'll you'll have to read the book. Yeah, to read the it. comic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, what do you think about Storm from the X Men?
1: Hmm. I don't know too much about Storm, mm-hmm. but she seems like she's, you know, on the side of good and wants to help everybody and, and whatnot. So I mean I, I believe it, I guess.
0: Well, this one's a very interesting kind of setup in the comics because Storm is actually being mind controlled by Loki to be evil and fight Thor. So in a moment of desperation to try to You know, uh, smash the object that's controlling her. And, you know, she's kind of getting her wits about it. She grabs Monir to do it. Mm -hmm. But Thor reaches down and grabs the end of the hammer with her and the two of them together use it okay. to smash it so it's kind of um, a nah, I don't really think that was Storm
1: <laughs> her know. hand was on it so you know
0: yeah fine. yeah, that's kind of the old um, the, the movie mystery men where they're like I saw you like lift a city bus once and you're like well, I, I kind of I really just pushed it <laughs> you know and the guy kind of had his, his foot on the pedal to time yeah. but, <laughs> <laughs> but it was a feat to a maze nonetheless of course all right, but let's see what our next entry can do. Let's see if our next entry is worthy. What do you think?
1: Uh, roll the dice. I don't know.
0: All right, <laughs> let's see. We've got awesome Andy, who I'm sure you're not familiar with whatsoever, but I'll give I you a, a quick bit of history on. He's actually an automaton. He's a robotic man. Okay. Much, I would say, in the same vein as Vision, uh, who was built for evil. But he also has sort of this... Um, Absorbing Man-like powers where he can absorb different things from people, different powers and abilities. It's almost more like Rogue than Absorbing Man, Those He can literally steal your mutant powers or special abilities. And he uses this on Thor, and everyone kind of believes that, oh, Andy stole his worthiness. Like mm. that as part of his his power, was his good nature and, and everything that makes him worthy. And it actually gives Awesome Andy like a big push in the right direction to completely gain sentience Mm -hmm. and he becomes his own life form and from here on out in the comics is known as Awesome Andy before that he has some evil horrible robot bad guy name Uh, but he calls himself Awesome Andy and he becomes a clerk at a law firm as Uh, you do yeah when you're (laughs) an automaton blockheaded man who can't speak (laughs) but it's all in the She-Hulk books which are usually considered kind of campy and almost on the borderline of Uh continuity but He's holding it. He's got it right. Okay. Thor's yeah. like, oh, my God.
1: Awesome Andy is worthy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so whether or not he stole the worthiness or if robots can just pick it up because they don't count as people, I guess we'll we'll find out in Infinity War. I we'll, guess so. We'll see yeah. what happens. Well, I guess not. No. <laughs> I guess not. But
1: <laughs> Spoiler alert.
0: Yeah. Talking about people that are actually worthy, we couldn't forget to mention Better Ray Bill. You know, he showed up in comics about 337 for thor and uh he is an alien cyborg goat man who finds thor's hammer in a time when thor is out of commission and he finds donald blake's staff turns into thor he gets the powers of thor and he becomes a thor Mm. You know, And he runs as Thor in the comics for a short while. There's a number of guys like this. I think there's a guy named Drago. Eric Masterson ends up becoming Thunderstrike and stuff like that. None of them were quite as popular or cool as better Ray Bill. Mm -hmm. So I figured I'd throw him in here just as kind of a nod for you to be like, that's cool as a goat man, Thor. Neat. (laughs) (laughs) But again, if you want to talk about people that are worthy to wield the hammer, what do you think about Superman? You think he's worthy?
1: I mean, I guess he would have to be. He's Superman. He's, his whole shtick is kind of that he's truth, justice, in the American way. So, um, yeah, I guess.
0: Well, this clip comes actually from a comic, right? This was a crossover between Marvel and DC that they did a number of years ago. I think maybe in the early 2000s, late 90s. And in it, Captain America gives him his shield. Mm-hmm. And Thor tells him, I'll let you take this hammer but I'm going to have Odin take the thing off, <laughs> the enchantment off first. <laughs> so he does take the enchantment off in canon in the comics. So There's Superman's no not worthy. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, is we don't know if Superman's worthy or not ah, because okay. he never got the opportunity to pick it up.
1: I mean, he's, he's pretty you know, selfless and and whatnot. I I think he would be, probably.
0: I think I would feel really bad if Henry Cavill's Superman picked up the hammers. I'd be like, that guy's an ass, bro. (laughs) You know, like, he's not nice to people at all. But a Brandon Ruth, a Christopher Reeve, a George Reeves. um, Tom Welling. Tom Welling, yeah. Or... um, Dean Cain even I'd throw a Dean Cain he was super great in Superman why do you you hate Henry Cavill (laughs) I don't Henry Cavill is a great actor he looks great the part of Superman but the movies that he's in his situations are always dicky like he's just kind of a jerk he never asks if people are okay he never helps anyone besides the main purpose he's focused on like do you remember the beginning of the Justice League that it's like in the desert and Lois Lane's doing this interview with some people and they realize her cameraman's a CIA agent and they put the gun up to his head and it's in like slow motion and they blow this guy's freaking brains out and you're like oh my god that's horrible and then they turn to Lois and Superman dives in and saves a day and you're like dude he couldn't be there like 30 <laughs> seconds earlier like even for the script I don't that, care if it's a little hokey but she. That's not geez. the love of his
1: life so the, he just gets a bullet through the brain I guess <laughs> I,
0: I, I suppose man but the uh, hey Evan, Evan, Evan Stewart's out there man Bishop what's up showing some love for better Ray Bill I know he's a big fan of that guy <laughs> and uh, he ends up getting his own hammer I think the Stormbringer ah. is what they call it Odin makes it for him and it's like you keep being a Thor out in the universe, because you bad dude.
1: <laughs> <laughs> keep going with your bad self
0: exactly yeah.
1: your bad good self
0: but um, but anyhow um, I, I I agree I think a comic ver- book version of Superman would absolutely be worthy um, I, w- I wouldn't feel bad if a comic book or you know friendlier version of Superman was was deemed worthy because I very much equate them uh, him to uh, Captain America you know mm-hmm. as far as our wholesomeness and goodness but if there was one character in the DCU that we could undeniably say, yes, picks up the hammer, is worthy, who would you think it would be?
1: Wonder Woman. <laughs> oh. She's pretty pretty perfect, I think. She's uh, what did, what did, what, pretty flawless.
0: What did Wonder Woman find there? Look at that! Whomsoever be worthy, <laughs> and yeah, she absolutely uh, picks it up. This is in the nineteen ninety six original Marvel DC crossover. They did it was a huge epic uh, four part series. I actually have this. I read it when I was a kid. Lost my marbles, man. Super good. Thor loses the hammer, I believe, during a battle with Shazam. He drops it or something. And Wonder Woman, I think, is fighting Storm. And she picks up the hammer and instantly turns into like a badass, like Norse version of herself with armor wow. and everything. And a steel crotch plate, which is weird. I didn't even want to put it in the picture because it was weird. But <laughs> she has like a steel crotch plate. And I'm just like, whoa. Stormbreaker. All right. Bishops out there correcting me. Stormbreaker was the name of Better A. Bill's hammer. But uh, so, yeah, Wonder Woman actually does wield the hammer is considered worthy, um, in both DC universe mythos and uh, I I, I buy
1: that because she's pretty consistently, uh, believing in, in the, the good of humanity and fighting for the good of humanity and her motives are completely selfless. There's no self gain to anything that she's doing. So I, I, buy that. I believe it.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm with it too. I, I, I've always thought of Wonder Woman as that like I have all this love for mankind sort of attitude. Um I think it's building to that in kind of the new series, you know, or maybe it's like an undertone. I, I think that uh, it's it was not kind as prominent, of, but
1: I, I think it was not not quite as subtle as an undertone, but not overdone either. Sure. I think that um like there were scenes where she's stopping to help like the, the people in the village yeah. or she, she charges into no man's land uh to you know to try to save the soldiers and and things like that and kind of just very very much for the sake of of humanity
0: yeah and i think that's why that movie is so much better received than her interpretation in a lot of the other movies where it's kind of like what the hell are you doing (laughs) for like 50 years there i don't know but that seems to be a trend with dc movies you know uh you're Christian Bale didn't do nothing for eight years. Just he, grew a gross depression beard.
1: He, <laughs> he, was, he was traumatized by losing Rachel and and facing the judge. Like, oh, he gets a pass.
0: Whatever, man. <laughs> he he could have had a uh, old Selena Kyle there. um He
1: didn't even know her.
0: Yeah, but who who was that? Anne Hathaway, and yeah, she's a babe. Forget about Maggie Gyllenhaal. She's fine.
1: Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, as soon as Anne Hathaway came on the scene, he came back to being Batman. So
0: very um, true, very true. He was not, like, I gotta get. It.
1: It. it wasn't eight years earlier. <laughs>
0: That she decided to rob him. That's nice. (laughs) Oh, girl power. Yeah. It's different in the DC universe sometimes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Everyone knows that Selena Kyle is also of ambiguous morals. (laughs) No, definitely.
0: Definitely. I'm not trying to knock that. But I do want to keep talking about girl power, man, because girls got Uh, the power (laughs) to rock some freaking (laughs) monier, man. (laughs) Hella. Now, what do you think of this hella awesome scene right here?
1: I see what you did there. (laughs) Um, I thought I was very impressed and very surprised that 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 happened. And I think that Thor's reaction to this echoed all of our reactions, because here you have this completely evil goddess of death who's just uh, is is bringing death and destruction wherever she goes. She wants to destroy everything. And yet she can stop. Mjolnir, she can, you know, she yeah. has the, the powers. So
0: Literally crush it in her hand.
1: Right. So, you know? so is she worthy or is she just like super strong?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, that definitely a good point that we should bring up is I don't at all consider her worthy <laughs> as much as I do having um, the ability to create such a weapon, you know, having the, the know-how, technology, whatever you want to call it, um, magic, mm-hmm. uh, th- at almost the same level that Odin did. And almost a reason as to why, you know, she serves as kind of the reason why Odin waters it down between, you know, Thor and Loki, Uh, assuming that he's giving power to Loki like he does Thor, um... Neither one of them seems to kind to realize the amount of power that they just inherently have. I mean well, Thor um, obviously discovers it by the end of the film, but
1: I think that uh, a lot of Loki's power comes from their mother more than yeah. more than Odin. And I I did read this theory that she can hold the hammer because she's Odin's daughter and because it's it's part of the 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 Odin's bloodline that mm. makes both her and Thor worthy, and we wouldn't know that until now because Loki's not technically of that. So, sure, the fact that he can't lift it, um, uh, you know, doesn't necessarily mean I, don't know, I lost where I was going with that. But no, yeah. no, no, no. I, I get what you're not, saying. He's not really related, so you know, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe it's literally just the bloodline that makes them able to pick it up, right? Um, but again, then why couldn't Thor pick it up at any point when he was Donald Blake? You that's, know? that's true. I that's mean, true. he, he yeah. struggles pretty hard to get it up in that shield kind of containment area, mm-hmm. and he can't get it up because it's he's 80. not worthy. So, yeah, we can go <laughs> back and forth all the time. Are you laughing at the fact that I said he can't get it up? <laughs> You're you did not
1: hear me say giggity. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right, I think we should just move on, talk more about girl power <laughs> over here okay all right jane foster
1: jane foster
0: wielding monier man she is the new thor um you guys read for yourselves what they did to make her worthy and (laughs) hey the amazing brando out there stopped in to see us tonight and he says dang char you looking good tonight
1: (laughs) thanks i did something different with my hair
0: (laughs) (laughs) if any of you guys uh hear the theme song at the beginning of our show or at the end of the show um those are made by the amazing brando uh Just spectacular tracks off of his albums, man. You can check him out over on Bandcamp and stuff like that. Or say hi to him. He's in the comments right now. Dude, the guy's the man. He's super great. Thanks for joining us, bud. Hope you like Thor, man. Give us a thumbs up or some love for Thor. (laughs) (laughs) So Jane Foster's the new Thor. We'll let you guys read about what she's doing in her comics, man, because they're out right now, out on the press. So all we can say is that she is worthy. She's kicking butt. We hope to see her out there in... The MCU man maybe making a comeback and kicking some butt. I'd love to see it.
1: Maybe, maybe, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I'd be interested to see where they take that post, uh, Ragnarok and post kind of, you know jane dumped him so
0: (laughs) (laughs) jane dumped him scenario right so that you don't get to lift the hammer you dump thor get out of (laughs) here
1: you are not worthy you don't know what you had
0: (laughs) i know that would be my parents reaction you know for some girl that dumped me they're like no you can't have his stuff get out of here what's the matter with you (laughs) but all right so that uh, that's kind of our take and our look at who whomsoever may be worthy Right, which I thought was a fun little segment there. I know we did leave division out, but I thought that was a little too on the nose. You guys know what's going on with division stuff. I thought throwing in Awesome Andy was really going to give you kind of a more um, informative take on the robot scenario and what may be going on there. But as of right now, what do you think about doing some news?
1: All right, sounds good.
0: You to jump into some news. Let's do it.
1: I'm really curious about where that car ended up. <laughs> <gasps> podunk news
0: all right so we got some fun little news stories for you guys tonight Senior Boyle boy usually does all the work on the news here so it's going to be a little bit of a lighter news segment but i do have to say he did send in a lot of stuff um but a lot of it was too much to read and i didn't feel like doing it so <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure you'll be able to read those stories next week <laughs> but we do have a couple of uh Important things going on this week that we just couldn't not mention. That's good English, right?
1: No, it's not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Avengers Infinity War has been moved up. We said at the beginning of the show, we can't say it enough. We posted, thanks to Kelly Jade, who sent me the link to it, about 15 minutes after the news broke online on uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Marvel Studios' Twitter. Yeah, yeah. that.
1: Um, and, and uh, yeah, so, so it's going to be released April 27th. In other countries, and Robert Downey Jr. is tweeting to Marvel, like, hey, can we get it a little earlier? And they're like, sure. And then they actually moved the the date up, so now we get it a week earlier.
0: Yeah, it's pretty awesome, man. I mean, you can't beat that, and I have to say, as much as I love Robert Downey Jr., don't really think he made it move, (laughs) like... (laughs) <laughs> I'm guessing they may have had some other. I'm, motives I'm sure there, that but, was in the
1: works uh, yeah. for a while, but I actually was reading an article about it. How um, it's it's kind of a major power play by Marvel, yeah. and they're changing the rules because now there's going to be less competition uh, mm-hmm. for them to uh, at the box office the opening weekend. I think now there's like a longer gap between it and the next big blockbuster movie, yeah. and kind of yeah. So th- what's Marvel doing as far as what are they trying to?
0: yeah i I know it seems like they pushed it back and now they've given uh some leeway so that people don't have to rush out to see deadpool 2 Mm -hmm. you know like they'll have a week or two and then deadpool 2 will come out because otherwise it was going to come out like a week or so after now it's got like three weeks after so that's Mm kind of nice also solo is coming out shortly Mm -hmm. after that i think at the end of may or the beginning of june maybe and uh you know, getting a little bit of distance from that just seems like a good play for Disney all around to have three big movies and kind of space them out a little bit. But again, this may have been something that they, they just planned all along mm-hmm. with the announce of it being April 27th in a lot of other countries. It could have just been something fun that they were like, hey, man, let's really shake stuff up and yeah. this will be really fun. We'll, you know, give it some last minute love. And, I think that what happened with the Black Panther and its breakout success really goes to show that a Marvel movie works whatever they want it to work.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I know that Black Panther really brought in people who may not have been familiar with with the MCU or may not have been following it, but who wanted to kind of see what this new movie was about because it's getting so much hype and because it's being talked about so much. um, So that uh, brings in a whole new audience
0: I have to say one thing that's funny to me is that i I kind of I like the date May fourth, you know, hey, may the fourth be with you. But why isn't solo coming out on May fourth? <laughs> like you guys blew that one. I think man That's a
1: question for the people at at Disney and at Lucasfilm,
0: but it sounds it, it may sound silly, but I think like I'll never forget when people say like, oh, May second, the first Avengers movie came out, or you know, may, whatever. This movie came out. But April just seems like such a weird like month to say, even. It's April twenty seventh. Seems like such an oddball date <laughs> to put something. But hey, whatever. I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna check it out.
1: People are talking about it, you know. It's yeah. they're they're hyping it up without having to release a trailer. So yeah. that's pretty smart.
0: No, no doubt. No doubt that everything that they're doing is probably well calculated and well planned out, but my bottom line is like hell yeah a week earlier i'm not guaranteed a tomorrow every day so anytime i get something a little sooner i'll take it as long as we
1: make it to april 27th whatever happens after that it doesn't matter
0: (laughs) i i I don't know i'm thinking maybe 2019 would be super to catch the second half of the movie
1: there's a a second half yeah you're right
0: (laughs) yeah so you know just a little bit but uh, but you guys want to know what happened with this cop car out there. I know you guys do, man. So a rookie police officer recently had his car stolen. But to make matters worse, worse <laughs> I am saying worthy too much. <laughs> I <was saying> worthy. <laughs> to make matters worse, the thief actually used the cop car to go to, if you've been guessing all throughout the show, I'm sure you nailed it, Taco Bell? You <laughs> know?
1: <laughs> I would think Dunkin' Donuts, if anything.
0: Yeah, right? You get a discount if they think you're a cop. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so the guy heads over to Taco Bell, uses the officer's credit cards, which are in the vehicle, to buy himself food <laughs> at Taco Bell and to turn around and go and buy merchandise at a local Walmart.
2: Wow. You know, so
0: the 21-year-old thief was eventually caught using surveillance uh, camera from the parking garage that the car was stolen from and, uh, you know, was was duly apprehended and charged with... Uh, uh, kind of being a buster, right there. <laughs> I, I guess
1: when the the craving for Taco Bell strikes, you do whatever it takes to get there.
0: Yeah, and I have to say, if I'm ever doing something super illegal that I may get arrested for, I'm not gonna gamble on Taco Bell.
2: Right. You know, because <laughs> if you would...
0: gotta be in that little steel toilet with a lot of other people, if there's any chance I'm ending up there, I'm not gambling on Taco Bell.
1: Not you a know? lot of foresight here with with this kid.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But hey, you know, we're 21, man. You know, when you were 21, where were you eating? Taco Bell.
1: <laughs> sure, but I wasn't eating it in a stolen cop car.
0: <laughs> Good point. Good point. You know, hey, it's all—it's all life perspectives. You know, Every, everybody's different. It's uh, America's the the world's largest melting pot. Mm. We just we just need to melt a little bit. <laughs> <You know? laughs> <laughs> just like a cheesy gordita crunch melts together
1: <laughs> taco bell by the way is sponsoring this whole uh
0: news break i wish I, even <laughs> if they just gave us choco tacos do they still have those at taco bell
1: they do not those things were don't even ass. ask me how i know immediately the yeah. answer to that question
0: <laughs> I, th- I think i know why you know immediately the answer to that question I have no idea. <laughs> but our last story tonight is going to deal with the 90th Academy Awards, man, or the Oscars. 90
1: years, wow.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I Jimmy Kimmel had a great opening monologue where he addressed... Oscar being 90 years old that uh, he was like, yeah, he's probably at home watching Fox News right now. (laughs) You know, just (laughs) funny stuff. It was good stuff. Um, There's some clips of it on YouTube if you guys want to check out his monologue. Uh, I'm not usually a super fan of Jimmy Kimmel. It was a great monologue. It was a really good opening to the show. Uh, I saw a couple other clips throughout the night. Uh, It looked like a lot of fun. So... I'd really encourage you guys to go and check out some of that. I think it was pretty cool. He had a lot of good points about what's kind of going on in Hollywood. You know, the Me Too stuff and everything like that. So, of course, we support that. You know,
1: what's Me Too? No, I'm joking. <sighs> oh. I'm sorry. I'm joking. <laughs> I'll let's talk about girl power.
0: I know. I'm trying to be serious and like, don't get me in trouble. Don't get me in trouble. Don't get. And you're looking at me like I'm gonna get you in trouble. We've
1: never talked about this. What are you talking about?
0: So okay. <laughs> Talking about the Oscars (laughs) (laughs) Guillermo del Toro won for his film The Shape of Water uh, Which sounded like a fantastically cool movie But dude his movies scare the shit out of me Sometimes man (laughs) So I really I didn't go see it But now I think I'm going to have to because um, well,
1: it's it, an Academy Award-winning movie now.
0: Yeah, and it's not like the usual kind of droll Academy Award-winning, the King's Speech kind of thing. Uh, it's seems like weird and kind of boring. This seemed like kind of a fantasy. There's like a fishman in it and a love story and a period piece, all kind of mixed together. So I'm it,
1: really curious about the fishman. I don't.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, did you ever see Hellboy?
1: I did. No, like, I. Like you remember didn't the fish? It, but I kind of. Know you know the
0: fish guy in that. Like that's how the yeah. guy looks in The Shape huh. of Water, sort of. You know, it's like a fish man. Huh? That's interesting. So, yeah. And like uh, you know, I think the girl falls in love with him or something. I don't know. We'll have to check it out. We'll to, you want to make a pact right here on the power hour? And we'll go see it.
1: No. No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. What What about this one? Jordan Peele and his movie Get Out. Actually won for best original screenplay. The guy's a comedy writer. I was
1: really surprised because I love Key and Peele. Their skits on Comedy Central. And when I heard he was making a movie, I thought it was going to be a comedy. But apparently yeah. it's, it's actually a really heavy movie.
0: Yeah, it's supposed to be like a thriller or a drama. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure if it's a horror movie. I think it,
1: it's like horror genre, but with like social justice commentary yeah. kind of on like racism and, and things like that. Yeah, yeah.
0: But I want to know if it constitutes a horror movie. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it out there right now that uh you know Big Bill and Baby Joey uh, Donnie the Don and uh, Terrible Tiffany out there at the horror mafia man. If you guys could hook me up and let me know whether or not this is a horror movie, I, I don't want a big spoilerific review. I love your guys' reviews. I listened to the last couple of them. Charlie told me you gave us a shout-out, and I was like, I'm going to listen to this. I ended up listening to about six or seven hours in one day of your guys' stuff. It was super great, guys. I really liked it. Um, I was not expecting Baby Joey to be the guy that's like... Hey, these guys are great. Their show looks really great. Everything's freaking cool. They throw a lot of crap at you in like an hour and change, you know, and he's just he sounds like the most Italian guy ever, and I'm just like, wow, dude, I would not expect him to be into our show like at all, and understandably so, because there wasn't like, you know, pasta or a bag of donuts or nothing, but <laughs> no, I, I, I loved it, guys. You guys are doing great. Keep doing what you're doing really thought it was cool. Let me know about the movie. Um, If it is a horror movie, I'll donate to your Patreon for you guys to watch it. So let me know. (laughs) Very cool. All right. Well, that I think is going to wrap up the news for us tonight. And we're gonna call it there with news, and we're gonna jump right into talking about Thor and the MCU. We're gonna talk about giving him a rating. Uh, like we said earlier, we'd like all of you guys to feel free to put a put a shout out in the comment that you love Thor, and we will definitely count your listener score towards our final rating of who the Power Hour of Love's most loved Avenger truly is. But uh, what do you say we jump back in the studio and get to the last segment?
1: Sounds good to me.
0: All right. Now, if we're going to get back into doing countdown to Infinity War stuff, do you do you think we should play the bumper again? Yeah, I think so. I th- I, th- I think we should play the bumper again. We'll play the bumper.
2: Super cool. <laughs>
0: Thank you. I can't get enough of that, man. That <laughs> that was just super cool. Epic. I, I really that dug. The it. only one. Epic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our our final segment of the uh, of the show tonight, we're going to be doing our rating of Thor as an Avenger, as his ranking and standing in the power hour of love community. So I know Kelly Jade went over a lot of this stuff with me here, really helped me put together kind of a comprehensive look at Thor. So let's take a look at that. We'll try to burn through it pretty quick because I know we're already over our hour, but hey, big surprise there. So <laughs> we're working on our time, guys. Give us a break. So, I mean, if you're not having fun, it wouldn't be uh, running long, but you're having fun. so. Exactly. <laughs> All right. First and foremost, we're going to look at powers and abilities. Now, we've broken this down into five different categories. First up, we're going to be talking about his strength. Now, what do you think of Thor's strength, Kelly Jade?
1: I think that Thor is, is pretty obviously strong. Um, I, I might say even the strongest Avenger, except for <laughs> the fact that Hulk exists. So,
0: Thor, <laughs> oh, the strongest Avenger.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> nope. Invalid.
1: (laughs) Hulk, strongest Avenger.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, you you got me with that one. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I wanted to grab this scene because of the fact that he's, you know...
1: He does hold his own against Hulk pretty well, though. I mean...
0: Yeah, considering right here, Hulk should have just mushed him through the ground like he was a railroad spike, (laughs) (laughs) But he was able to stop him and keep up. And sure, this wasn't Hulk at his most furious or his most strongest or any way you want to put it, but... uh, he he's definitely holding his own against you know the big green machine he is,
1: and and he's and he's got this um uh resistance too, to to yes. like injury uh where uh like he takes a bunch of, of like direct hits from from hulk especially in this latest movie where yeah. anyone else would just like crush them completely and he's just kind of like oh that hurt yeah that's that's <laughs> definitely our
0: our second power category something i dub his invulnerability which i think is best summed up by his weaker younger brother <laughs> you know <laughs> getting the absolute <laughs> snot pounded him out of the hulk and the same thing more or less happening to him later uh, just goes to show Hulk smash what uh, what Loki says to Thor uh, is so prominent in the first Avengers movie where he says the humans think us immortal you know and it's like how could you not seeing something like that happen to them? And they're just, they're relatively okay.
1: (laughs) It it reminds me of, I think this is back in agents of shield season one where, Mm -hmm. where lady Sif makes an appearance and, uh, it's with the episode where she's, she's after Lorelai, who is the, she, she can make men, you know, do whatever she wants. And so she, she gets shot out of the plane and, uh, and Daisy and, um, uh, Simmons are, are telling Coulson this like oh we're sorry she's she's gone and he mm-hmm. goes are you kidding she's Asgardian she's still up there <laughs> and then it shoots to Lady Sif and she's hanging onto the plane trying to get back in so just just by by that you know nature of these people are are tough durable yeah uh, even the ones who seem to be kind of normal normal as yeah. opposed to gods so
0: yeah yeah their their physical stature is just just beyond us but that that's not even scratching the surface yet that's only two things you know <laughs> nigh invulnerable super strength um, but Thor's also got the lightning
1: lightning yes yeah. that's a pretty uh, pretty epic reveal of how he uses his lightning um, in the third movie how he kind of harnesses that power
0: yes that's really cool yeah. Definitely that just... Don't give
1: away too many spoilers.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're trying not to. I mean, the DVD comes out tomorrow. We're trying to give it away for someone to see. Meh. Okay. <laughs> but uh, nevertheless, we're going to run into a few things here and there that may just kind of squeak by. So uh, forgive us. But yeah, him using the lightning, I think, is really underused most of the time in the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I think anyone who sees the third movie will be pleasantly surprised that it's very much brought to the forefront. Um, but yeah, his his ability to control and harness lightning... It's just awesome, and he's the god of thunder, but it's it's the lightning that makes the difference, right? You
1: know? Yeah, and and it's um uh one of the things that I didn't realize until kind of a closer watcher or, or rewatch is that like it's not only when he's fighting that he that mm-hmm. he can harness this, but like it's like it's in tune to his emotions because there's a scene uh in Ragnarok that um that's that's upsetting to him and and you can hear like the clouds roll in the thunder yeah. starts and Loki's kind of like you know chill out bro you know so, <laughs> so i think that's cool too that's a cool aspect of it where it's it's in tune with his emotions as well mm-hmm. as his his fighting ability
0: absolutely so it's it's definitely just a wicked great power to have i mean it was the only power kind of storm really used in the X-Men movies. And it was like the best thing, you know, I mean, uh, lightning, bam, of course. So being able to have and control that super great. Um, Next on the list though, We've got his virtual agelessness, which I think is summed up best visually by Odin, seen here thousands of years earlier, you know, and he only looks a little younger. He doesn't look like, <laughs> he's not like ten. He hasn't aged and, that
1: much. <laughs> yeah,
0: and I know that you said you have read a lot of stuff regarding their age and how old they really are and stuff.
1: Yeah. Well Loki says in the in the dark world, um, how he says he went down to rule as a god and Odin says we're not gods we we're born we live we die and Loki says well give or take 5,000 years <laughs> and and kind of the the fan theory is that well if the Asgardian lifespan is is about 5,000 years and Loki and Thor were born about a thousand years ago that makes them kind of like 17 18 in, in mm-hmm. human years you know so so Loki's just going through his rebellious teenage phase um yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in, a, in a very major way but
0: um, now does it, does that Include the like actual when Norse mythology kind of came around, that's the thousand years you're talking about because I think that's older than a thousand years, right? Isn't North mythology a little older than that?
1: I, I don't know how old the North Norse mythology is, but it's going by like the title card on the first Thor that the battle where they oh, came to gotcha. Earth was in like 965. Okay, or so
0: he couldn't possibly have been uh, any younger than that, is right, basically what they're saying. Right, I got gotcha. you. Exactly. Okay, okay. No, that's that. that's a good point because they do talk about all that in the movies and in captain america when they mm-hmm. reference how odin was there earlier so uh last but not least i think probably his best power is his worthiness man he is worthy to wield the power of thor um how much more you can say than that he's a good guy you know?
1: he's he's a uh, his selflessness i think um, even when he thinks that he has because because he's we've talked about his his invulnerability and his strength Mm -hmm. and whatnot so a lot of times he goes into battle he knows he has the upper hand he doesn't have much to lose but uh in the first thor movie when he gives his life he you know he has everything to lose and he still does it anyway and and that um shows the kind of person he is and he's also um you know he he gives loki he keeps forgiving loki over and over again he uh you know he wants to be Um, Benevolent and and whatnot to his people Just very, yeah, worthy of All that that entails
0: (laughs) (laughs) No doubt He's a good guy I was going to let you go for it there You seemed like you were chasing after it So I was letting you go for it (laughs) All right, so encompassing those five core powers of Thor, I mean, he's obviously got other skills and things like that, but encompassing those five powers, we're definitely giving Thor a 10 out of 10. Like, this guy can bring the thunder, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So next up, we have his role in the battle for New York. Now, of course, we're talking about when the Chitauri attack and the culmination of the first Avengers movie... um, what would you say uh, about his performance in that first movie?
1: Um I think that he was um definitely vital to to that battle not only because he tries to reason with Loki and tries to um you know he he he's kind of the only uh, Avenger who can who has even any shot of of reasoning with Loki and sure. kind of preventing the whole thing in the first place but also he's both he's on the ground and he um he's able to be in more than one place. Mm-hmm. He's he's kind of helping on the ground with Captain America and, and Black Widow, but he can also go up and, and take on the, the aliens and, and things like that. So, yeah, he's definitely a vital part of, of their side.
0: Absolutely. You know, we see him, like you said, fighting with Cap on the ground, helping out <coughs> civilians and normal people, you know, the everyday folk that can't fight for themselves. And... Also, helping Hulk take down some of these big monsters whose name I don't know, but these Chitari aircraft carrier things. Well, I know the Chitari are like the race, I think. Yeah. yeah. You know, but this thing, uh, it probably has its own specific name.
1: Chitari ship.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Did you say it was a Chitauri <laughs> ship? In <said> <laughs> this know, photo, I I like it kind of looks like it
1: sounded like I was like. It does. You
0: You're like the Asian go. guy from South Park. <laughs> we're a <the> chitari, <laughs> You know, <laughs> we're coming to invade Chitty.
1: You, you couldn't just let it go.
0: No, I couldn't. I'm sorry. So he can take down some of these big monsters. He definitely helps uh Hulk do it when Hulk takes that big piece of metal and sticks it in his back and then Thor pounds it in with the hammer, he's definitely getting kind of a killing blow there. You guys have to forgive me, man. I've been a little sick this week, so... I'm sure that's nice. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I should have jumped in and taken over your commentary, but it, it occurred to me too late. I'm sorry.
0: No, it's all good. I'm going to power through it. But definitely, when he brought the lightning to choke the portal, I mean, he blew up three or four of those things right as they were coming through. I love this scene in the film uh how they use the chrysler building and it's all steel outside to you know help channel focus all this lightning it's just beautiful scene brilliantly done really showed the power of the lightning finally in the movie that i had been waiting to see and it very much satiated that for me that i was like yes that's truly the power of uh of calling the lightning man so
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely uh, useful there.
0: <laughs> well, all in all, I wouldn't say they couldn't have won without him. Like, it probably would have been sloppy maybe a lot more people would have died, but I think they could have pulled it out if he wasn't there.
2: Probably, I
0: think. Um, For that case, we're only going to knock him one tiny little point. We're going to give him a nine because he still kept a lot, a lot of people from dying. And like you brought up, it was his connection to Loki, his reasoning with him at both the beginning and kind of, I mean, I wouldn't say reasoning, but him being there at the end that really helped them wrap up the situation because again, they wouldn't have known what to do with Loki if Thor wasn't there, Mm -hmm. you know? So definitely vital to kind of wrapping up the battle for New York. But moving on to the next category, the assemble category, we're going to see who he brings to the table as far as Avengers, like assembling and bringing them together. Now, we talked about it last time that I like Hawkeye appeared in The Tales of Suspense number 57, which was technically an Iron Man book. So his first comic appearance was definitely Iron Man related. But he shows up in Thor. Hmm, yeah, okay. they never expressly call him Hawkeye or Clint Barton throughout the entire movie. I don't even think he's credited as Hawkeye or Barton. I'm not sure.
1: I think he he's referred in the movie. I mean, he's referred yeah. to as Barton. Well, yeah. in,
0: in Thor, I don't believe he is.
1: Oh, in Thor, no. Yeah.
0: No. So, but he does have that awesome line where he's like, "You better call it Coulson," because I'm starting to root for this guy. <laughs> you know, when <and> Thor's <laughs> busting through the the shield camp trying to get to Moyer there. Um, but. We decided last time that we would give him half credit for Hawkeye mm-hmm. uh, and assembling him because obviously Hawkeye's like, "Hey, dude, I like what's going on over here." You know, so I, I guess I shouldn't say half credit, but partial credit mm-hmm. um, because he debuted in the Thor movie, which I think is really cool. That works, yeah. yeah, yeah. um on on top of that, the only other real nod we can give him is kind of maybe the emergence of Battery Ray Bill. Like you saw the crazy goat man earlier. Mm-hmm. What do you think? You think that's his likeness on the side of the Grandmaster's Palace? It
1: looks like it, yeah. It makes you wonder what the story is there, how he ended up on on the wall of infamy. <laughs> maybe.
0: <laughs> well, what's really cool is a lot of people uh, kind of hope that he might make an appearance or maybe take over for Thor if he does decide to be the Odin role, you know, yeah. or God forbid something worse.
1: <laughs> Everyone will be safe. Everyone will be okay.
0: Everyone will be fine. Yeah, I'm but
1: sure.
0: uh, we can't really give him credit for that because he hasn't. He, he wasn't part of the original six for one, which is really what we're basing the assemble rating on. And he didn't even become an Avenger later. He's not even actually appeared in film. So it's kind of more like a tentative point. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I
0: guess. So not much of a score as far as assembling goes. We're gonna have to give him a three.
1: Ah, uh, sorry, yeah. sorry, Thor.
0: Kind, kind of, kind of a rough score, but you did assemble the bad guy, so hey, that's something. I don't know.
1: He, he he brought Loki to the table.
0: Yeah, and there's definitely an element where in the Avengers film, <coughs> they're talking about why they're making the the weapons and stuff like that that are based on the hydra technology and all that stuff and nick fury says oh it's because of him it's because of thor Mm -hmm. so a lot of what's going on in the avengers does end up being because of thor
1: (coughs) yeah well his uh his his appearance uh and 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 reveal as a as a god in the first thor movie it meant that they could no longer ignore that there was other alien life out there and that they would need the earth would need something to defend itself. Yeah. So so Thor does bring that uh very tangible extraterrestrial threat to to earth that that prior to his appearance uh, was something that, you know, couldn't be proven or or they weren't sure about and and things like that. So it makes it very necessary for earth to acknowledge yes, there's there's things out there. We need to protect ourselves. We're n- we're not yeah. alone.
0: So as much as we kind of wanted to give them very small points for Hawkeye. Three kind of seems like a lot of points for just partially recruiting Hawkeye, <laughs> but we did want to throw in kind of that aspect of like the whole thing really wouldn't have happened in comics or in the MCU if Thor wasn't around, if Thor wasn't a character. Mm-hmm. So he's definitely getting you know a bonus point and a half or so there, um, just for that.
1: Definitely vital part. Yeah. Of the, yeah.
0: He's 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 part of the framework. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I got that reference.
0: But let's look at his overall Avengers score about his standalone films, about his character development, and what and who Thor embodies on screen. And, I mean, let's take a minute to talk about Chris Hemsworth. I mean, he's obviously the titular character. He plays Thor. What do you you think of him?
1: I I really like him. Uh, What I've seen of him, he seems like a really, you know, kind of stand-up guy. Um, I was actually watching... An interview um, the other day with uh, the women who were in the Ghostbusters movie, and Chris Hemsworth, yeah. you know, played a part in the Ghostbusters. And uh, I think it was Melissa McCarthy who was saying she she was really hoping that he was a jerk because she wanted there to be something wrong with him. <laughs> and of course, he showed up and he was nice as anything, and he was you know funny and 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 whatnot. And at one point, he started to sing, and she was just like, "Just, just stop! Just no! You're not allowed to be able to sing too on top of everything." So so yeah apparently he's a very great guy very nice guy
0: yeah i I certainly say that all of the actors who who portray the avengers man they all just seem like such good people they take their time out to do their press interviews to talk to kids and stuff like that i mean we definitely made it a point last countdown episode um to talk about robert downey jr and all he gives back because man that guy truly goes above and beyond as far as like what i see um but yeah chris hemsworth great dude great actor he's really bringing it to the table and I love how he made a big push for the character to continue to grow in Thor Ragnarok Mm -hmm. and the fact that that happened and that so much great stuff happened in that film I think a huge part of it its success and everything involving the mythos is all due to Chris Hemsworth so thanks for the great job you've done with that man you've killed it
1: yeah absolutely (laughs) Um, and his willingness to take the character in new direction and and um, you know, really show that that growth of the character because in the first film, as far as we've talked about his development as a hero, but as as a person, he's very, very much kind of like this Shakespearean sort of yeah. stiff. Um, god type person and by the third movie you can see that he has you know he's picked up some earthisms as you would. you could (laughs) tell that he's really kind of getting more comfortable in his own skin getting more comfortable Mm -hmm. with the people that he finds himself surrounded with and i think that chris hemsworth has really good comedic timing too and kind of just yeah uh that kind of comedic element that wasn't necessarily as prominent in the first two movies really gave him a chance to shine in, in the third movie, which I think really contributed to, his, uh, to the movie's success as well.
0: But I still think he had delivered and crushed one of the best and funniest lines in the history of the MCU. <laughs> I know you know what it is. I see your face already where he's just like, you know... Watch your tongue and watch how you speak of a son of Asgard. You know, mm-hmm. L- Loki is a son of Asgard. Watch how you speak of him or something th- for the setup. He's
1: my brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. And he's my brother. You're right. Yeah. And then, they, you know, uh, Black Widow is like, well, he killed 80 people in two days. He's adopted. <laughs> I mean, just great line. Great delivery. Just great delivery. It,
1: great line. It was, oh, my God. I, the yeah. first time I saw the Avengers, I laughed so hard. At
0: the I, I remember <laughs> you were dying laughing and you turned to me and you said, joss whedon wrote that that's a joss whedon that's totally a joss whedon line man so that that was fun but yeah talking about the first thor movie this got a 77 percent on rotten tomatoes you know at the time of airing this here it, it's it's still carrying a 77 i think that's way underrated man i think this movie's a really 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 solid piece what do mm-hmm. you think
1: i think it's it's definitely solid um because and, and it's directed by kenneth Brana too who yeah. like he's his work is, is really brilliant, and I it's think very that, yeah, stuff, it's very Shakespearean stuff, you know. So Shakespearean, it was fitting, very kind of. Um, uh, but I think that also, um, what the movie had working against it is the fact that it had to establish this um, really uh, epic kind of other world, yes, and and establish these new characters mm-hmm. and have a story altogether. So, so I can I can see yeah. why. Not everyone might have taken to it um, right away, but um, I don't think that that takes away from the the quality of the film itself. Yeah,
0: yeah. I would say in terms of wor- world building, like you're saying, that this does an amazing job, You know, especially if you compare it to what's in the comics, kind of the rainbow Bifrost to what we see on screen, the way Heimdall can open portals, the way he can see what Asgard looks like, what it feels like when you're there. It has this kind of golden yellow tinge do it all the time. I think their world building in that was fantastic. I think it's totally underrated. You know, I think when we hear so much world building being thrown around, especially in the eye of Black Panther, I, I just wonder why that got so like, meh. you know, maybe it was just too fantasy and, and, and all that, but you know it's kind of similar to maybe fantasy stuff we've seen before but i thought we got a good sense of what asgard was even in I that first movie think
1: so yeah it was very much kind of uh, this this golden city and this golden yeah. you know whole epic realm that that they were inhabiting yeah,
0: but um, but they liked to fight and they were kind of viking people and everything mm-hmm. like that i guess they didn't show us a lot of like the inner workings of the city, like we got more of in the Dark World and, mm-hmm. you know, right. and Ragnarok and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, there are elements of that. But yeah. I thought it was a, a great jumping off point. I kind of feel like they're getting cheated on the 77, you know. <laughs> now, Thor the Dark World, that's holding, like, that's 66. Yeah. So yeah. I think this would have been my seventy seven. Where I'm like, I, eh, I think I don't really so. Think yeah, I you know, would agree with that. And I yeah. think
1: that the problem with the dark world is that the the threat never seemed yeah. co- to quite take off because the they're fighting. Um, Jane has uh, an, an infinity stone, basically, yeah. you know, kind of inside of her that they have to get out, and the they're trying to prevent the el- the dark elves from getting it. Mm-hmm. But I think that the the villains weren't really
0: their motivation and all wasn't it, solidified right, enough. Yeah. And it was almost because they wanted to do this reveal of it being an infinity stone mm-hmm. when they could have just led with that. Right.
2: Exactly.
0: Uh, you know, I don't know if we'd have really been ready to just jump off with an infinity stone because even as so far along the line as Dr. Strange, they really keep it to the last minute to tell you that that's an infinity stone, mm-hmm. you know, so maybe it would have been a little much, but a clear bit of motivation for the Dark Elves and what was going on. I mean, we kind of got that storybook beginning that told us the history, that exposition, and mm-hmm. I don't know, that somehow didn't set the the, the tone. And then just the actual portrayals of the villains were a little bland. Mm-hmm. So I do, I do think that that very much suffers from that villain of the week kind of scenario. Right. But the rest of it, I thought, really had a lot of great ideas. I think the battle at the end, fighting in different portals was really great. I thought Loki and his character arc throughout it was really great.
1: Yeah, it really does introduce a lot of uh, great character arcs because we see uh, kind of more of the inner workings of the the family. We see how, uh, how Loki has to kind of um answer for his crimes we see the relationship between him and his mother and um and just the the way that they all relate to one another how different it is from the first thor how the events of the avengers affect that um and i think too that uh one of the things that maybe worked against it is that um there's a lot of a lot more tragedy in this movie i think and the the characters are portraying their their reactions to that and um so it's not like upbeat it's not uh there's a there's a dark tone a very sad kind of gloomy tone that makes sense mm-hmm. when you think of the events that they've gone through yeah. but maybe it might be a turn off to some audiences
0: yeah yeah it's a bit it's a bit of an empire movie
1: yeah you know, a bit of a, a downer
0: a, yeah, a, little, a little dark in the <laughs> middle but
1: i think thor is very very I think he's the most somber in this movie than any of the other ones.
0: Yeah, and I have to say, I think it perfectly set up what we lead into with Ragnarok and why it got its 92% because it was almost a triumphant victory for the heroes and everything like that. As messed up as things get throughout the course of the movie, there's always this great hope for something better, and I think that is... In part, what a lot of people want in their escapism is this hope for a better world and this inspiration to do good and find better things. But I also think that this movie very much captured the very vivid nature of a living comic. Mm-hmm. So what did you think about Thor Ragnarok?
1: I, I really enjoyed it. I think that it's, first of all, it's very funny. We, yeah. we see kind of the culmination, um, I, I think as I talked about before, of, of Thor and kind of the... Things he's picked up from being on Earth for a while and kind of how he's grown as a character and is more accessible. Um, but also um, the the things that he faces and the, the characters are all very like it's, it's nothing we've seen before in a Thor yeah. film. It's very different. It's very um, uh, kind of hands on it's it's very very rich in in both in tone and color and character um we have this new kind of bond between thor and loki where they're sort of on the same side kind of not but they're very much siblings where they're Mm. kind of like sniping at each other yeah um and and just things like that that just made it feel really accessible and really um realistic and it just resounded with people it was really great
0: yeah absolutely that it you know 92 percent this has on Rotten Tomatoes so one of the best reviewed superhero movies ever man and I think you're right I think those undertones or or, or side stories whatever you want to call it um of the, the brother you know what's my role in the Avengers what's my role in the galaxy like those are all things that I think all of us wonder all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, like what are we meant for? What are we supposed to do? What what relationship should we really cherish? What relationship should we be like, nah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> regardless of blood or, or whatever's actually mm-hmm. created those bonds, how do you deal with them how do you perpetuate them you know and i think those are universal themes and i love that i love that about this movie but like you said the growth of thor himself and of loki throughout the film kind of finding this brotherly love that we never actually saw on screen beforehand but for 15 20 minutes Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the first thor right and then we're kind of getting back to it now and really seeing it flesh out but also seeing them both understand that it this is a right now sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it, it's kind
1: uh, of like a it's like a truce. It's it's yeah. temporary. They still have a lot of things to deal with, and mm-hmm. we still can never quite trust Loki, yeah. um, as as shown in the Infinity War trailer. But at the same time, <laughs> we
0: don't know. He could be
1: handing it to Thor. You don't know. He's totally fine. Everything's okay. <laughs> but um, but no, it's it's it it does have that palpable kind of temporariness to mm-hmm. it, but at the same time it's you know
0: well i think ultimately um his his progression loki's progression everything about those films really shows us within the three movies that he's learned how to be a king Mm -hmm. how to be humble how to be a good man um he always forgives his brother he always forgives loki man i mean it may sound silly but nothing spoke to me more than in the Avengers film when they're on the cliffside Loki's even kind of taunting him he threw me off the bifrost did you even cry for me and he grabs him by the face and is like yeah dude we all mourn for you you're my brother I don't care that you're you know not Odin's son directly you know Thor doesn't care Mm -hmm. you know he still's like dude you're still a good dude the Warriors 3 Lady Sif I'd treat any of them exactly the same way because to him it's like his friends or his family Mm mm-hmm and I and I love that you know right. I think that's yeah. a great that's a great character trait. Yes, yes. thank you. Um, but he knows what it's like to lose, to suffer loss, to have things go not right all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you get some of those up and downs in Ragnarok that you're like, ah, man, he's he's taking him on the chin, you know. <laughs> um, and I think overall, uh, his willingness to always defend Midgard. Mm-hmm. even from his brother whom he super super loves right uh, really to me gives him an outstanding avenger score that he's the epitome of what robert downey jr said that if he cannot save midgard you'll be damn sure he'll avenge it
1: right you know? exactly yeah <laughs> so he, he's earth's protector he's yeah. earth's guardian
0: and for that reason you know, always forgives his brother. I was supposed to show that clip. But we gave him a 10 out of 10 on his Avengers score because he is. I feel like he'd always protect us tooth and nail from, you know, enemies within and abroad kind of thing. You know, so big ups on the Avengers score. But other than that, we've only got our couple of scores to run through. So real quick for me, El Bandito score. What do you think? Uh, I'm going to give him a nine. I'm gonna give him a nine. I know. Really? Look at the look you gave me. I just talked him up so much. Like <laughs> I gave Cap a ten. Man, Cap's my guy, right? I still think that there's a lot of what Thor is doing that's for Thor, mm-hmm. you know. And he's overcome a lot of that. And yes, he's always there for us and stuff like that. But there is that element of he's oftentimes falls into that trap of doing something for him Mm
2: -hmm.
0: while he's doing things for the greater good. Eh, So I'll shave one point for sometimes being exactly like me, which is like looking out for numero uno first.
1: (laughs) Hey, nobody's perfect, I guess.
0: But some are so close it's scary. (laughs) (laughs) I mean Thor, not me. You're looking at me like you ain't perfect. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we're going to go with Kelly Jade's score. So Kelly Jade, what do you think of the God of Thunder?
1: I mean, well, there was that whole thing where all that he brought into the MCU was Hawkeye, and and only kind of there. So I think that that factored into it. But I'm I'm joking. Uh, I think yeah. I he <laughs> deserves a ten <laughs> because as as like all the things we mentioned, he's yeah. he's grown as a character. He's yeah. really he's looking out for the little guy. He's uh, he's got compassion, sympathy. Um, it's very strong. You know, all the the things you need in a superhero.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And like I said, it it pains me to give him a nine, but I have to give people kind of different scores. I can't just give everybody a 10 all the time. I can. (laughs) You definitely can (laughs) because you're a guest and you can do whatever the hell you want on the show. Exactly. But... Right now, we need all of your guys' help out there to go ahead and throw in your listener score. Thank you guys so much for joining us tonight. We hope you guys had a lot of fun. We hope you learned some stuff about Thor. We hope you guys are pumped to run out tomorrow and grab yourself a copy of Thor Ragnarok on Blu-ray. Check it out. Complete the trilogy. I know Trek Life 53, Justin K., you won't have to, man. You're going to get one in the mail in just a couple days because he was the winner of our raffle. So congratulations again to him if you guys like thor if you want to give him a bonus point for my lack of points if you want to bump my nine to a ten just throw down in the comments that you love thor say anything you want thor blah blah blah, love i love loki more than thor it'll have love and thor in the same (laughs) sentence and we will count that as a vote for thor also you can visit our youtube page and vote and leave comments there for both iron man and captain america if you want to leave votes for captain America and iron man in this comment chain you can too that's fine um but we will put a link up later so that you can check out all of these videos and i think we are going to put a poll up we'll we'll work on that in the next few days we'll get a poll up so you can go to our facebook page and go and uh and vote for your favorite most loved avenger right then and there and feel free to vote for the same avenger more than once to vote for more than one avenger you you don't have to just pick one we're going to tally up all the votes in the end um but thank you guys so much for that thank you guys for sticking with us tonight we've had a super ton of fun kelly jade i thank you so much for coming in and filling charbol's seat i have to i have to agree with the amazing brando who, who uh yeah who who put it mildly you're a lot better looking to look at for an hour than uh than charbel but he's off having super a ton of fun for his birthday so once again we hope uh he has a great time and a safe return for him next week and we are going to have a lot of fun right here next monday at 9 p.m very soon we are also going to be doing the rest of our infinity war countdown so stay tuned for that otherwise you have any final words for the beautiful people out there
1: join my prayer circle for Loki in in Infinity War that and also that for everyone else too but mostly Loki that they're all going to be okay <laughs> and on the side of good and that nothing bad will happen
0: Do we get to hold hands for the prayer stuff?
1: It, it in spirit, yeah. The the in more spirit. people who are involved in the prayer circle, the the better it'll be.
0: I'm, I I want to hold your hand. <laughs> You're like me too, man. Me too. Get off. <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a good night. Thank you guys so much. We'll catch you next week, Monday at 9 p.m., or jump over to our YouTube page. You can check out all of our past videos, including another awesome video with Kelly Jade where we talked about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Have a good night, guys. We'll catch you next time.